I didn't know this theater was haunted at the time. And I was in the restroom. And as soon as I went into a stall, I heard the door swing open like somebody, you know how those doors swing and you can hit them fast and they swing open. Well, I heard that like somebody burst into the the restroom and I saw a little child's bare feet run past my stall and go into the one next to mine. Hello and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Your Ghost Stories. We hope you've been enjoying the guests we've had on recently. Please remember to hit follow or if you're enjoying the show that much, then feel free to leave us a kind review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you may be listening. Today we have published author and host of True Hauntings and Scary Stories podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Cynthia Sear. Hi Cynthia, it's a pleasure to have you on. Can you tell us at home about your journey with the paranormal and how it's influenced your work as a podcaster and also an author in the paranormal? Oh, my goodness. So my entire life has been paranormal, (laughs) and I'm not even exaggerating. So before I was born, my grandparents bought a really old, um, giant Victorian Gothic-style mansion of a house in St. Augustine, Florida, and they started refurbishing it. And uh, my grandmother wrote a book about it. She wrote a book about the family that lived there before me. I mean, before them. And so I grew up in that, in that environment. I watched them restore the house and I experienced all the creepy things in there. And I heard all the stories and it, it was a weird upbringing. As a kid, I thought that everybody's grandparents' houses were haunted. (laughs) So when I started realizing that my friends didn't also have that, I was like, what do you mean their house isn't haunted? That was my normal. (laughs) How did your friends feel about, um, did they know about your grandparents' haunted house? They did because my grandparents' house is pretty famous in St. Augustine. Uh, It's kind of well known as the haunted house. It's this big three-story, almost 8,000 square foot mansion of a house thing. And uh, everybody knows the blue house with the red roof is is the haunted one. And so my friends all thought it was cool. I was constantly telling the stories about why the house is haunted and all that. You said about your grandma's book. What's the book called and what's it about? It's called The House by June Moore Farrell, but good luck finding it because she only self-published a couple thousand copies, I believe, and it's been out of print since I was a toddler, and I'm very much not a toddler, so (laughs) I'm an old lady now, so yeah, she, I can't find any copies. I have one copy that is partially damaged now, and I want to find another copy and I can't. And I'm a granddaughter. So. <laughs> so have you read the book yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, she wrote the story of the family that lived there before her. 
And she, you know, added a little bit for entertainment value, but mostly, mostly the book is true. Um, She couldn't advertise it as that because, you know, copyright and like fiction versus nonfiction and all that. But between you and I and all of your listeners, it's pretty much a true story. Um, The lady of the house uh, ran away with the circus and she um, had some kids. She had two different husbands. And when she was with her second husband, she had a boy and a girl. They were half siblings. And they moved into this house kind of to to retire from the circus. And it went terribly wrong. <laughs> and her two children, boy and girl, half siblings, ended up, she wouldn't let them ever leave. So they ended up doing what boys and girls do together. <laughs> and the daughter got pregnant by her half-brother. And they had that little boy. And believe it or not, because the family was so reclusive, uh, the daughter got pregnant again, but by her son, who she had with her half-brother. So the level of incest was intense. And that little boy was born and was kept on the third floor of the house as like the family secret. And neighbors knew he existed because they would see him through the windows and stuff like that. But it wasn't common knowledge. Nobody kind of knew who that little boy was in the windows. And he started causing a ruckus. And when he started drawing attention to himself, the lady of the house hated him already because for her, he represented what her kids did that was wrong or whatever. So she locked up the third floor and she would not allow anyone to go up and feed him or tend to him. And he was mentally handicapped because of the level of incest. Um, He could not fend for himself at all. So he starved to death in a room on the third floor of their house. And once he had passed, she opened it back up again and allowed her older children to bury him in the backyard, where we believe he remains to this day. That's quite heavy, actually. Um, Yeah, it is. (laughs) I take it this was uh, quite some time ago. Yeah, the house was built in 1876. And I believe the family lived there in the early to mid-1900s. So my grandparents bought it in, I want to say, 76, 1976. And they bought it right after the last family member had passed away. They knew the last family member. And so they bought it after that. They bought it from the city because it was condemned and the city was going to tear it down. And they promised the city that if they let them buy it, that they would restore it, which they did. Pretty cool that they managed to um, restore the house and saved it from um, getting demolished. Um, I suppose it was a different, it's a different time back then. It, was the house quite um, out of the way of everyone else? So like a lot of land and sort of like really secluded or was it sort of quite surrounded by sort of other other homes? It's almost in the downtown St. Augustine area. So St. Augustine is a tourist town. It's supposedly the oldi- oldest city in the United States and all that stuff. So it's a, a tourist attraction. And their house is within walking distance of the downtown earliest part of St. Augustine. So it's quite surrounded. However, their piece of land is relatively big compared to all the property around them. They probably have the biggest lot of everybody. 
So it's it's a nice chunk of land. They have a pretty garden and stuff like that. It's a shame what happened, and it does sound like um, there could be a lot of uh, trauma and um, I suppose anger, or sort of like locked up inside it. Is that where? Um, do we think that's where most of the activity in that house sort of like stems from this family, or is it go back? before this family because i take it did this family have that house built or they just moved into it no they bought it i believe they were the third owners of the house um the first owner i think was like a a, a city mayor i don't know somebody important and then another like people bought it and i think it was a duplex at first when they first built it believe it or not it was a duplex in 1876 because if you look at the house it mirrors itself one side is the same as the other and so when this family bought it i guess they opened it up and so it kind of is a very grand living room where the living room stretches the whole footprint of the house and then there's two little staircases on each side and then they stop in the middle of the living room on like a platform and then the big stairway up to the second floor goes up from there so it's very grandiose you know but if you were to cut the house in half you would see it truly mirrors itself it's pretty cool is there a picture of this available online or are you able to send us a picture maybe i can probably send you a picture um it's on my website too but my website's under construction so i don't know if you'll be able to see it um in my facebook group i've got lots of pictures of it it's very pretty it's very much in disrepair again unfortunately my uncle owns it now because my grandparents passed away and he is got a gofundme where he's trying to raise money to fix it because the problems are extensive it probably needs probably close to three hundred thousand dollars worth of repairs like the foundation is rotted and and for a house that size to repair the foundation that's a big task so and then water damage and termite damage and things like that you know a wooden house in in florida (laughs) doesn't tend to last that long so it's kind of a miracle it's still standing I know all about termite damage, or as we call it, woodworm over here. (laughs) I I fell through my my floor in my dining room. Well, I say fell through it. Um, We have like uh, the dinner table there and we have the chairs. And in one side, we have a bench and just sitting down for breakfast one morning. Uh, Bearing in mind, uh, we'd not long moved into the house I'm in now. And as I sat on the bench, the, the legs of the bench went through the floor and I went flying. And so did my breakfast <laughs> and that, that's where we oh, discovered no. uh yeah woodworm that's a rough way to figure it, that yeah, out yeah entertaining at least for uh for everyone else yeah <laughs> your ghost stories your ghost stories have you had any experiences yourself in this house so many so many let me think of a good one because I've got a lot. Um, uh, my first experience ever was in the house, uh, of course. Um, the big stairway that goes up to the second floor. When my grandparents were fixing the house, uh, they, they, my grandpa built like a wooden, a uh, fake roof, fake ceiling almost to divide the second floor, the first floor from the second floor and third floor, because it wasn't safe up there. It wasn't fixed up. There was holes in the walls and things like that. 
And I was like six at the time at, at the most. So he didn't want us kids going up and getting hurt. So he built that kind of fall, false floor there. And I, we used to play hide and seek. That is the best house ever for hide and seek if you can handle the ghost, because there's so many places to hide. But, you know, you might not actually be alone. But so I crawled up to the top step that I could reach and I laid on the step, you know, to hide. And I thought, hee hee, I'm, they're never going to find me. And then all of a sudden, as a five or six year old, I suddenly became aware that something was on the other side of that wood floor thing, ceiling. And I could feel cool air coming between the crack of the top step and that wood flooring. And I just felt like somebody was there. And I remember as a kid, like trying to peek and, and see who it was, you know, through the crack. And now I realize that that was not a, a real person. <laughs> that was likely uh, some spirit of the house. But I've seen like orbs and with my own eyes. And like I saw kind of an oval shaped shimmering light in the corner of one of the rooms one time that just kind of hovered there for a while until I got the nerve to run out of the room because I had to run past it. <laughs> So yeah, footsteps, cold spots are really common. And that's crazy because that house has no central heat and air and it's in Florida. It's crazy hot. And to you, you'll be standing in a room still and all of a sudden it feels like somebody opened a refrigerator door next to your legs. There's just no logical reason for that to happen. That kind of tropical place isn't what you imagine when you uh, can imagine like a haunted house or a ghost story, is it? It's not the, the typical scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, not really, I guess. You think of like vacation, but I don't know. I I love that house. I would take it in a New York minute if I could afford to buy it from my uncle. That's a, that's a lot of money, 300, um, 300K. Um, I, suppose, I don't know how many houses you can get with that. Over here, you could probably get maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot. Plus, it's a very um, sought after area. So, you know, the whole tourist thing. Yeah. Can you share a particularly profound or chilling encounter you or a family member had with a ghost or spirit in that house that really stands out for you? Mm. Um, I'm a very haunted person, to be honest. So I have ghostly experiences pretty much everywhere I go. Um, so I've had some really cool ones in other places, but if you want one specific to that house, I would say my favorite is just the fact, it was probably just the fact of the, the footsteps every single night. I would be, I, I want to say I was probably like 10, eight or 10. And I'd be laying when my grandparents had their bedroom on the second floor, I'd be laying on their little pull out couch, you know, and I would look over at my sister and she'd be fast asleep and I'd poke my head up across the room and see that my grandparents were fast asleep. And then I would just stare at the ceiling and wonder what on earth is that? Who is walking? Because it sounded like boots just stomping from one end of the third floor to the other and back and forth for like half an hour straight in the middle of the night. So I, 
and I'm not the only one that's heard them, but that that was common for me to hear that growing up because we spent a lot of time with our grandparents and that was a normal occurrence. I've caught a lot of EVPs in the house too. Some of them are like actually talking about what we're talking about at the time. So like an intelligent kind of haunt, which that's unnerving. So how did you record, uh, do you say EVPs? So um, was you like recording them at the time? Um, was you meaning to do mm-hmm. it? And then they were aware of you doing it and then eerily trying to communicate or just <laughs> gossiping? I mean, sort of. Uh, I wasn't doing your traditional, is there anyone in here or whatever? I wasn't doing that. But I was, um, the first one I caught, I was, I caught it on my boom box. <laughs> so I'm an 80s and 90s kid. So I, I took my boom box to my grandparents' house one time when we were going to spend the night. And I made my nanny come with me to the third floor at like 11 o'clock at night. And I set up my boom box with a little cassette tape in it. And I hit record and left it there. And it recorded for, I think it would have gone for like an hour, maybe two. And um, the next, I forgot about it. I took it home and I forgot. And then a couple of days later, I listened to it. And I caught a man's voice probably like 10, 20 minutes into the recording, almost shout the word stop, like out of the blue. I was just background noise. And then all of a sudden this man's voice comes through and goes, stop, scared me half to death. So that's the first one I ever caught, electronic voice phenomenon. And then um, now I record them on my phone. I have an iPhone and I have just a basic audio recording app on it. It's not for ghost hunting. It's just a normal app. And whenever I'm at their house, because I live in Ohio now, but whenever I'm there, I always hit record and I always catch something. And sometimes they're so loud, you don't need headphones. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds terrifying. I mean, <laughs> I, I do have a story which I'll um, share with you uh, some point this evening about um, an EVP as well that me and me and my uh, me and my friend um, captured. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure our audience is fed up with me telling this story, but <laughs> but we we definitely <laughs> captured. Well, that. after yeah. this, we're we're going to go on Cynthia's show, so uh, I'm sure yeah. she'll yeah. welcome it there. Oh, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> but um, so th- these uh, these experiences, do you, do you feel like that um, it all originated from this house and has like almost as if like the spirits have started to follow you now that you now live in um, a different state or or as you said like wherever you go you'll experience something uh, paranormal do you feel like that they have followed you um it's quite possible i mean i have several items in my house now that are from my grandparents and in fact one of the items i have is when my grandparents bought the house when the family had that little boy on the third floor, he lived to be like five or six years old before they starved him to death. And they would cut his hair and just let it fall to the ground. They were not tidy people. And so when she bought the house, there was this blonde hair all over the ground on the third floor and she kept it and she gave it to me. So I have an envelope of what we think is that little boy's hair sitting on the piano in my living room. <laughs> so I'm sure that could contribute just a tad. That is way too creepy. <laughs> my kids don't like it too much. 
You mentioned that you're quite sensitive to spirits or energy, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. What techniques or tools do you use when investigating paranormal phenomena? Um, gosh, what techniques? I kind of keep an open mind. Um, and I find that I can't focus on something too much because when I focus on what I think the answer will be, it contaminates anything that I might have actually gotten. So I'm not saying I'm psychic or anything. I don't know if that's a thing, but I am sensitive enough that I'll just think, I'll think of a thought that I don't feel like was mine. And I've learned to accept that at face value and not try to analyze it or figure out, did I think of that or whatever? I just go with it. Because if I analyze it too much, I ruin it. So, you know, I had that happen in a movie theater. I went to the restroom. We took our kids to see Secret Life of Pets. So that's how long ago it happened. And in the middle, I had to go pee, as moms do. And I went, and I didn't know this theater was haunted at the time. And I was in the restroom. And as soon as I went into a stall, I heard the door swing open like somebody, you know how those doors swing and you can hit them fast and they swing open. Well, I heard that like somebody burst into the the restroom and I saw a little child's bare feet run past my stall and go into the one next to mine. And my first thought was who is letting their kid run around barefoot in a movie theater bathroom, no less like gross. So I just ignored it. And I thought, you know, don't talk to me, just leave me alone. (laughs) Let me do my thing. And This kid, who I think might have been a a boy, um, based on the voice and like the things he was saying, he was like making little robot noises and like beep, boop, boop and all this stuff. And uh, then he goes, beep, boop, boop, you know, uh, what's your name? And I just thought, nope, I'm not talking to this kid. (laughs) So I, I still thought it was a kid. So I thought, nope, I'm not talking to this kid. Just don't look under the stall at me. That's all I care about. So I ignored him. And then he beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. I asked you a question. And I thought, oh, this kid is sassy. Like, no, leave me alone. (laughs) I'm in the bathroom. So I ignored him again. So the whole time he's like splashing in the toilet. And I'm freaked out because I'm a germaphobe. And I'm like, don't get that on my feet. You know, so everything about this situation is annoying me, first off. And he's splashing. And then I get done and I flush and stuff. And I hear him giggling and I come out of my stall and I immediately look into the one next to me and the door is like partially open. You know how they just kind of stand halfway open. It's partially open and nobody's in there. There's no water anywhere, but I can still hear him giggling. And now it sounds like he's drifting to the far end of the bathroom away from me, but still giggling. And that is the moment when I realized that was not a real kid. I have never washed my hands so fast in my life. I was not singing happy birthday or the ABCs or anything. I just washed and ran. That was crazy. As you was telling the story, I was just imagining like sort of like some little creepy face poking out from underneath or or on the top. I mean, that's absolutely creepy. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation. You know, it's just, yeah. Give me uh, goosebumps. <laughs> I think I would have died a thousand deaths if I'd seen a little creepy face like peek out from somewhere at me. Uh, no, thank you. 
<laughs> Many people have varying beliefs about the afterlife and the existence of ghosts. But how do you approach your work to appeal to both believers and skeptics? Mm. So I personally um, take religion out of it. Uh, I personally am an atheist who believes in ghosts, go figure. So I just don't approach it from a religious standpoint. And I feel like maybe that helps because it takes that out of it. And then it's just like energies. And I, I don't, the best way I can think of as to why ghosts even exist really is maybe, I mean, we know our bodies contain energy, right? That's how your heart beats and your brain thinks and all that. So I just figure maybe when we die, that energy is left behind and maybe it's able to stay together as a cohesive unit and continue on without the body. But yeah, I, I think I relate to my listeners because I, I don't get too deep into the religious aspect, like the demons and the angels and all that. I don't really deal with all that. There's uh, one thing about... Um when we say about our bodies are full of energy um, there's been many cases where people have had like um, either heart transplants or organ transplants and they seem to then take on this person's sort of like almost some of their personalities sort of like some of their they may get some memories um, they then sometimes they get uh, like cravings for foods they never liked before but all of a sudden you know they want that food now or they you know different interests that start um you know spiking them and um, and everything and it's more of like they've taken on someone especially with the heart you've taken on someone else's sort of energy and you're like sharing that so i do think that's um quite sort of uh fascinating i suppose yeah it's, it's fascinating but with all your encounters would you say most of them have been sort of like um <sighs> what's the word uh because i don't want to say demonic uh, i want to say have they have they have they, have, have they mostly been <laughs> sort of like your run-of-the-mill sort of like just creepy things or have you wit witnessed something that was beyond mm -hmm. that that felt more like of an evil intent like that something wanting to cause you harm rather than just letting you know that something's there yeah i must be a very lucky person because I don't feel like I've ever encountered anything that was like evil, as you would think of that, or negative. I've encountered some neutral things that didn't feel one way or the other, and certainly some positive things. I caught an EVP in the house on my grandmother's funeral day, and the EVP said, I'm okay, don't forget about me. And I'm sure that that had to be my nanny because it was on the day of her funeral and it makes sense. So, but I've never had anything that felt like it was going to harm me. Just spooky, just spooky, creepy things like the little boy. I don't, I didn't feel like I was in danger. I just felt freaked out. I suppose it's that realization that, um, you know, at first you thought it was uh it was really happening to you it wasn't until you uh, come out of the toilet and you realized that there was there was nothing there apart from this sort of like um uh, disembodied voice i mean that that's just it's just creepy i literally saw his feet 
I saw his feet, like real feet. They didn't look translucent or whatever. They would look like little boys, little kids' feet run past the stall. It's mind boggling still when I think about it. That's the thing. We could, uh, we could have all have seen a ghost at least once in our lives, but not actually known it because, uh, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes they do appear as like real flesh and blood. And it's, you know, people have like, you know, had a conversation with someone and then they've gone through the door that that person's just like literally just after them and they're gone. And it's like, that person was solid. They were, you know, I was interacting with them and they just disappeared. Um, yeah, it's sort of very creepy. My mum's got a really cool story like that and which I told on our first ever episode. Oh, yeah. But I'll be happy to yeah. share that on the next episode with you, Cindy. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Your ghost stories. Your ghost stories. Where can our listeners find more about you and your podcast? So my podcast is on all the major um, apps. So it's called True Hauntings and scary stories and the and is the little and symbol it's not typed out and i do have truehauntings.com which as i said is under construction for the next few days but maybe by the time this airs it will be up and ready to go if you go there now you can still reach some of my stuff it's just going to look confusing because i'm working on it uh you can email me at cynthia at truehauntings.com and then I've got a Facebook group that I'm really active in. I've got an Instagram that I post, post like silly memes and stuff on, <laughs> as one does on Instagram. So, yeah, any of those works. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Beep.